Hi, welcome to The Landscape, a Cranes Cleveland podcast. We're presented with the support of Weatherhead Executive Education at Case Western Reserve University. I'm Dan Paletta. Seems over this last year or so, a number of longtime business and civic leaders here in Northeast Ohio have stepped down from their posts, turning their positions over to a new generation of leaders. Cranes Cleveland business over the last 30 years has honored these new generations with our well-known 40 Under 40 program, in which we celebrate some of the up-and-coming leaders here in Northeast Ohio. Last year's class, for example, included Cleveland Mayor-elect Justin Bibb. We'll be celebrating this year's class, the class of 2021, on Monday, November 22nd at the Music Box Supper Club in a program that begins at 6. You must register to attend the event, and tickets are still available, but they are only available through today. You must register today, which you can do at the cranescleveland.com website. We're glad to be joined by two members of the class of 2021. Dr. Lamar Hilton is the Senior Vice President for Student Affairs at Kent State University. And we're also joined by Allison Lucasey Love. She's the Director of Planning and Development for the City of Euclid. Welcome to you both. Glad to be here. Thank you. It's great to be here. I want to ask you both what it means to be part of this class of 2021. Allison, let me ask you what this means to you to be part of Crane's 40 Under 40. Thanks so much for having me here, Dan. It is uh, really quite an honor and it's phenomenal to be part of this list. Um, like you said, lots of people who have um, done really incredible work for the greater Cleveland community. Um, and so it's just, it's really an honor to be part of the, uh, the 40 Under 40. How about you, Lamar? Yeah, I have to agree. First, I'm honored to be on the podcast today. And um, I'm just truly excited about the opportunity to connect with the other members of our class, um, but I certainly was honored and uh, rendered speechless, quite frankly, uh, when I received the news that I would be included in this year's class. Uh, there are so many wonderful people doing wonderful things across Northeast Ohio, and to be a part of um, such an esteemed group of colleagues in all sectors of our of our state uh, and all sectors of uh, jobs and employment and workforce is truly, truly humbling. As we mentioned, there seems to be a real generational shift happening here in Northeast Ohio as a number of well-known longtime leaders have stepped down from their posts with a new generation taking over. We've seen that at the Greater Cleveland Partnership with Beju Shaw taking over, as well as the Downtown Cleveland Alliance with Michael Deemer becoming its new president and CEO. I wanted to ask you both, each generation is different. Do you think your generation has a different style of leadership than the generations that preceded you? Let me start with you, Allison. Absolutely. I'm really excited about the groundswell of new and younger leadership filling these really important and pivotal roles uh, throughout the region. Um, and I, I do think that we lead in a different way. So um, in my role as the Director of Planning and Development for the City of Euclid, I take a collaborative and inclusive approach. Um, in my past roles, I felt that I was always sort of managing up. Um, and I think that that is something that I'm very conscious of, uh, you know, the, the sort of more inclusive and, and collaborative ability uh, to work with, um, you know, people of, of all skill sets and all experience levels um, is, is, uh, is, is really important. Lamar, do you see a difference in, in the way your generation leads and, and runs things opposed to the previous generations? Absolutely. Um, so as a higher education educator, you know, we are in many ways shepherding the, the development of the next generation of people. And so as senior vice president for student affairs at Kent State, uh, I have the joy and great fortune of working with some of tomorrow's most promising and brightest leaders. And what that requires of me, though, is a different way of leading 
uh, that meets the needs and that meets the experiences of uh, the students that are resident on our campus and that attend classes and and develop here at Kent State. And I would imagine the same rings true for those leaders across all of the sectors, that we're, we're not only uh, a generation of different types of leaders who are perhaps just embracing these levels of leadership, but we're also called in charge many times to lead the next generation of leaders that will be coming behind us. And I think that is a very different way of, of doing and being again, that really meets the needs of the people we're called to serve. So I do think that this groundswell of, of leadership is really exciting to watch. Um, it's really exciting to be a part of, and it's really, I'm, I'm curious as to what it will yield uh, as the next level of leadership begins to emerge for generations that come behind us. Neither of you are, are natives of Northeast Ohio. You both came here from other places. Let me ask each of you, when you got here, what was the thing you thought, I really like this about Cleveland? And what was the one thing you thought, boy, if I could change this right away, I would. Let me start with you, Allison. Absolutely. So I moved to Cleveland, uh, and this still is shocking to me, but a decade ago, a little over 10 years, and I had no pretense about staying here for the long term, um, but Cleveland really uh, captivated me. So I, um, I moved here in January of 2011 and was met with quite a lot of why, and not in a sort of positive, inquisitive way, but like, why? Uh, why? Why did you come here? Um, and I, I hail from New York and New Jersey. And so just maybe uh, communities that are um, from a from a regional perspective, maybe put on a little bit more of a pedestal. But what really attracted me to stay is the ability to make an impact in this community. I felt like everyone I talked to was very quick to embrace me um, and my desire to uh, be a part of the community. There was nothing that I felt was exclusive um, because I wasn't a native to the area. Um, I really felt that especially in the neighborhood that I live in, uh, in Cleveland, the Collinwood neighborhood, and with the art scene. And certainly when I moved here, didn't have the confidence to call myself an artist with a capital A, um, but because the community was so open um, and willing to accept ideas, I found that there was um, a, a really strong place for me to flourish as an individual and in turn uh, allow the, the community around me to, um, to grow as well. So was there something you thought, I'd like to change this if I could? Oh my gosh, lots of things. <laughs> and so, you know, I think, and I never approach um, any of the work I do with the mindset of, you know, I, I have the answer, right? But um, the, the ability to actually have the opportunity to participate in the conversations and have the potential for impact and recognizing that there's so many other people, um, some that are on this list that have been on this list in the past um, that have that similar mindset of, you know, I see an opportunity to solve a problem. I might not be the sole solution, but I can help chip away at that. And that's been um, an important thing for me in volunteerism with the Cleveland Food Bank, uh, a stronghold in the neighborhood where I live. Um, but for a lot of the passion projects and work that I do, um, and certainly translated into the work I do professionally here at the city of Euclid. How about for you, Lamar? What was the thing you, when you arrived in Northeast Ohio, you thought, this is something I'm excited about? Yeah, well, so I moved here from Minnesota. That was about five years ago, which to Allison's point, it seems like it was yesterday, um, but it was almost five years ago. 
but I'm not, I'm originally from Ohio. Um, I was born and raised in Columbus, Ohio. So I had already known very much about Northeast Ohio when I returned uh, to the state. And in full disclosure, I'm a, a big Browns fan. Um, you know, I have spent a number of uh, years uh, visiting Northeast Ohio, family and friends that live uh, in this area. And so it was truly a homecoming in many senses of the word. When I came, though, it was a very different Northeast Ohio than I had remembered when I left. And that was both exciting and slightly daunting. Um, I'm in Kent, Ohio. And so it is a very much college town type of feel where we have Cleveland and Akron right at uh, our fingertips as outlets for more major metropolitan uh, city type of vibes. And so uh, I think I have the best of both worlds. Uh, quite frankly, I have the ability to be in a college town, but also outlet to a city. Regardless of what setting I'm in, um, I think the one thing that I'm loving having the opportunity to contribute to is the deepening of uh, work around diversity, equity, inclusion, and belonging Um on my own campus, certainly, but also for the city, uh, the citizens of of our city and of our surrounding communities. Um, board service on the United Way, as an example, uh, I serve as a member of the board of directors for United Way Portage County. And one of the areas that I that we're focusing on is this area of diversity, equity, inclusion, and belonging. And so that work is really near and dear to my heart. Uh, I believe that it's a work in progress, not just for Northeast Ohio, but probably everywhere in the world, quite frankly. Uh, and it's great that um, I'm able to provide meaningful contribution to deepening that work in my surrounding community and certainly for the region. Allison, you're an architect by trade. So how does that play into your job as the director of planning and development for the city of Euclid? Yeah, so it's a little bit of a non-traditional career path to be in the public sector as a licensed architect, um, but the other hat I wear is as a certified city planner, which is uh, probably much more translatable day to day. Um, but I think as an architect, what you learn first and foremost is to think differently, uh, to embrace problem solving in a, in a different way. Um, and so in addition to the sort of brass tacks of um, I used to be on the private sector side, right? So I know the, the time and intentionality it takes to put a drawing set together and work with the community. Um, I can bring that knowledge to this role. Um, and most cities don't have uh, a staff architect. Um, and so I think really sort of expanding um, the the city's uh, vision of what is possible with this type of professional on staff, um, certainly from a budgetary standpoint, it makes a lot of sense, right, as opposed to uh, consulting out for a lot of the work. But it's, um, it's not just the, the physical design aspect and implementation side of it, although that is what I do day to day. Um, it's a lot of thinking differently, um, being creative about it, and uh, working with stakeholders and understanding that the client is not always um, an, an individual who holds, who holds the money, right? It is truly all of the residents. Um, and something you know, Lamar touched on earlier uh, really struck a chord with me, but is bringing up that younger generation, right? So um, I am very intentional about all of the public projects that we do having a steering committee and making sure that that steering committee is dipping down into the youth population because these projects take time uh, to, to get from paper to, to the reality of enjoying a park space. And 
by the time that we have, you know, the, the high school students and the, the fresh college graduates participating in the project, they will be property owners here in the city. Um, and, and that's what's really important. Um, and, I, and I think is especially a, sort of a generational shift in a way of thinking and planning about the community um, in, in my department. One of your major projects has been the Euclid Waterfront Development Plan. It seems like it's something that's been in the works for a long time. Cleveland, we love to talk about the lakefront and what we're going to do with it, but you really had some big problems to tackle. What were some of the issues you had to deal with for the city of Euclid and how are you trying to solve them? Yes, absolutely. And depending on who you ask, this has been a, a part of the conversation of the community um, for the past 50 or 60 years. Uh, but uh, officially, it's been part of our city's master plan since 2009. When I was hired on in 2016, there was some momentum towards the project, um, but we were going through a, a change in political leadership at the city. And so there was you know, some uncertainty in the community if this was going to be a project that was going to be able to come to fruition. Uh, it involved the uh, trust building, relationship building uh, with nearly 100 stakeholders in order to exchange easements um, on those private properties in order to allow for a public access bike and pedestrian trail along the lakefront. So the total vision of the project is um, what many communities uh, that are lakefront communities face is that you've got this awesome opportunity to embrace our region's greatest natural resource, Lake Erie, but you can only do so in a very limited way because 90 plus percent of the shoreline is privatized. And so by opening up the shoreline through this new uh, bike ped trail that will be finished in just a month and a half now by the end of the year, which is very exciting and surreal. It's been under construction since 2018. Um, we now have more than a quarter of our total shoreline here in the city of Euclid open and accessible to the public, which is bar none, you know, throughout the Great Lakes, you cannot find that level of accessibility. So we're thrilled with the way the projects turned out. Lots of lessons learned along the way, could not have done it without the support of the community from the stakeholders and the property owners within the project area, but more importantly, the, the broader community um, and, and deep funding sources from a county level all the way up to uh, multiple federal partners. Um, but what's so exciting about the project is the um, ability for it to be scalable. So Cuyahoga County um, Executive Armin Budish has uh, called this part of his uh, you know, grand vision for the past couple of years. There's efforts to implement this along uh, parts of the Cleveland shoreline and even broader uh, throughout the Great Lakes region. Lamar, if you had followed your original career path, we should be out hearing you sing somewhere. You went in a different direction. By the way, what were you studying, voice? I was studying voice. Yeah, I was an opera performance um, major and actually got my, my undergraduate degree in voice performance from Morgan State University in Baltimore, Maryland, historically Black university on the East Coast, and uh, thought that I wanted to sing on the operatic stage. So what leads you to the world of academia? And in particular, why do you want to work with students in, in the context that you do? Yeah, it, it actually started um, my passion for working with college students and my passion for working in higher education started uh, as a graduate student at Ohio University um, down in Athens, Ohio. So I'm in Ohio, but I told you all, born and raised in Ohio, Ohio very strongly uh, threaded throughout my life. Um, I actually entered OU uh, studying uh, in the master's program for 
voice performance. Uh, and my graduate assistantship actually housed me in the College of Fine Arts Dean's office. And I was doing recruitment and retention work for underrepresented students in all five of the schools within that college. So School of Music, School of Dance, School of Theater, School of Fine Arts, and School of Interdisciplinary Studies. And that is where I fell in love with um, working with college students and working in the context of a higher education setting and realized also that while I have a deep, deep passion and love for music, it wasn't necessarily something that I wanted to do as a career. Uh, and my boss at the time, who was one of the associate deans in the college, said to me, well, you know, you can do this work full time and there's a way that you can do that. And that for me was the, the open door uh, to the wonderful world of higher education and student affairs. I ended up enrolling in a different master's program, graduated from OU with a degree in college student personnel and have never looked back. You were part of the Ohio Wesleyan University Upward Bound program. What did that entail? Yeah, Upward Bound is a federally funded TRIO program um, for uh, students uh, in grades 6 through 12, uh, and it's a college prep, college-bound program. And so as a student, I started in the eighth grade in Upward Bound uh, and matriculated through the program through senior year of high school. And uh, it provides academic support, tutoring support, and then a summer component where you actually are resident on a college or university campus for the majority of the summer, taking classes, taking skill building, taking leadership development, uh, learning about your cultural identity, uh, cultural immersion, uh, and you do that every summer. Uh, I can unequivocally say that Upper Bound changed the trajectory of my life. Um, I would not be sitting where I'm sitting today without that program. Uh, it was literally and figuratively my entry to college. They are the ones who introduced me to Morgan State University. The director of uh, my Upper Bound program uh, arranged uh, an opportunity for me to audition for the Morgan State University Choir which got me my scholarship to college. Uh, and so I am forever indebted to uh, the Ohio Wesleyan University Upper Bound Program. Again, it, it is the reason why you see a Dr. Hilton sitting before you today. This is the Landscape for a Cranes Cleveland podcast presented with the support of Weatherhead Executive Education at Case Western Reserve University. I'm Dan Paletta. Coming up on Monday, November 22nd, we welcome the 30th Cranes Cleveland 40 Under 40 class in an event at the Music Box Supper Club. The reservations are still available. You can register online, but you have to do it by today. And uh, you can do that at our website at Cranes Cleveland. Two of the members of that class, Allison Lucasey Love, who is the Director of Planning and Development for the City of Euclid, and Dr. Lamar Hilton, who is the Senior Vice President for Student Affairs at Kent State University, join us. They are both members of the class. Allison, you mentioned that you have some interest in art. You've done some interesting projects, including one with buses. Yes. Uh, so one of the uh, projects that I've done, and uh, it's been quite successful, not only here in the region, but actually globally. I just got uh, outreach a couple of weeks ago from a transportation agency in New Zealand who wants to deploy the Bus Stop Moves program that I developed a couple of years ago in conjunction with the RTA here in Cleveland, as well as Metro Health as the health partner in that. So um, just sort of another one of those opportunities where I uh, saw an opportunity in the 
neighborhood. Um, I think a lot about those interstitial spaces that you know um, have an impact on you um, as a person. When you, you when you walk by, you know there's sort of a um, either sense of happiness or sadness uh, that you get from a space, and sometimes it's an intangible uh, that you can't quite describe why. Um, for myself as an RTA user, I found that the um, lack of artwork or anything visually stimulating, waiting for these, uh, waiting for the bus to come on average 20 minutes, uh, was something that was, you know, not helping me start my day or end my day um, in a really positive way. And so using that existing blank canvas that exists unilaterally throughout the community, um, instead of just putting uh, an, a piece of art on the shelter, which you know is great as well, um, but something that could actually challenge the transit user or anyone else in the neighborhood. I've had people you know, who walk their dogs that kind of stop and um, approach these shelters and interact with them. And so the way you interact is that you, uh, essentially what the program is, are translucent wraps. So you can always see someone approaching or, or standing in the shelter, but translucent wraps that that are printed with illustrations of exercises uh, that you can do while waiting for the bus. And so they're strategically placed in certain locations based on the type of rider so um, in locations where they were near to schools, um, where, you know, trying to get your energy up and your heart rate up, the activities were um, a little bit more visible to anyone kind of, you know, in the space observing the, the transit rider at the, at the bus stop, um, but also ones that would really like get you well positioned to go into school, go into uh, the high school that day and, and have a really good day. Um, other ones that were positioned where uh, the, the average boardie from that stop was maybe leaving a longer day of work downtown, um, were more about stress reduction, right? So simple stretches. And um, that was a, a, a phenomenal opportunity for me, again, to just like have this idea, start to have this conversation with my neighborhood community development corporation, who linked me up with a, um, a, a doctor at, at Metro Health, um, who linked me with the communications and marketing department at RTA. And the whole thing just really kind of came together as, um, you know, let's, let's try this. This is sort of a low cost, high impact intervention that sort of all, everyone can, can help celebrate. Um, another uh, sort of passion project of mine that also deals with these um, otherwise underutilized, what I consider, you know, blank canvases, just waiting for something to um, or someone to activate them is a project called Phone Gallery. Uh, and so this spring, I will have operated a Cleveland's smallest art gallery inside of a uh, once vacant payphone box in the Waterloo Arts District. And every two months, I rotate in a new emerging Northeast Ohio artist to display a solo show inside of this payphone box that uh, with a contractor eight years ago, um, I was outfitted to look like, you know, a miniature white boxed gallery. Um, we've got a light inside of it that's motion activated. So the work is uh, visible 24 seven. Um, and it's been really great to watch the trajectory of the artists who have showed in it over the past couple of years. Um, and just again, another little passion project. Otherwise, this would be sort of a, you know, a, a derelict piece of infrastructure that's only bringing the community um, down, giving you again, those sort of like, not so positive vibes walking by it. And now it's, um, I think, a source of, of a lot of enjoyment.
It's great. I think we're seeing more and more street art and those kinds of things happening in Cleveland. You just have to go to town and see the Voices of CLE exhibit to, to take note of that. Lamar, I wanted to ask you, we all go to college or when you go to college, you always, you always come back and tell people, well, back in my day, it was different. What are students' ex- expectations these days, I should say, for their college experience compared to what we had when we were students? Well, you know, I don't like to say back in my day because that makes it seem like it was way a long time ago. What I will say is that expectations obviously have changed and evolved over the course of however many years I've been out of college to now. (laughs) Um, And I really think that students have an expectation of uh, being in a place where they can be affirmed and feel that they can be their authentic selves, where they can uh, obviously uh, have access to a quality and affordable education where they can find the support and the resources needed to help them thrive uh, and where they can be part of the discussion uh, about what that experience looks like for them and not only be a part of the discussion, but lead those discussions uh, in many ways and assist us as educators in shaping an environment that's conducive for their liking. And we do our best as educators to be responsive to those needs and to be responsive to those desires Uh, in the best ways that we are able. But I do think that uh, more and more you are seeing students come in with the expectation that they will really own their experience and allow for, and that the college or university that they're attending will allow for that ownership to take place in a ready-made way. And that what they are receiving is worth the dollars that they are paying. That is a very big one as we think about the cost of college and what it means to attain a college degree and the value of that college degree, more often than not, you see students and their family members who um, will really be expecting that the investment that they're making matches the, uh, the return that they're receiving in the form of education and experience. That's good to hear. I appreciate you both joining us for the landscape today. Congratulations on being part of Crane's 40 Under 40. Have a great time at your ceremony on Monday. Thank you so much. Yes, thank you so much, Dan. Dr. Lamar Hilton serves as the Senior Vice President for Student Affairs at Kent State University, and Allison Lucchese Love is the Director of Department of Planning and Development for the City of Euclid. They both joined us for the Landscape Cranes Cleveland Podcast. We are presented with the support of Weatherhead Executive Education at Case Western Reserve University. On behalf of our producer, Cody Smith, I'm Dan Paletta. Thank you for joining us, and we'll talk again soon.